Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Saraland, Alabama, parade first team All-American rivals, five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott. How are you today? Man, I'm doing fantastic. Guys, I'm in, I'm in Mobile, Alabama today, and I'm getting ready to leave here and go to the beach and enjoy dinner and whatever else we can get into with my wife just about an hour from now. But before we do that... I have got a very special guest with us today, and it's somebody that's been a big fan of this podcast for a long time, and I'll tell him on air, just like I told him off air, how much I appreciate, how humbled, how blessed we are, not only to have him as a podcast listener, but now as a guest on the podcast. I want to go ahead and introduce him, but before I do, guys, our mission on this podcast is to help you agents any way we can. Don't give a damn what it is. We want to help you with it. We want to increase revenue. We want to help you grow your agency. We want to help you have a better agency both now and in the future. And so with that said, let me introduce our guest today. He was born and raised in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. He's about one and a half hours away from me. He's a graduate of Wilson Central High School. And upon graduation, I love this because you don't see this a lot. Upon graduation from high school, he became a licensed insurance agent in 2006 and went full-time in 2008. He has a beautiful wife named Shay, and they live on a small hobby farm in Lebanon, Tennessee. And guys, if you sell farm insurance, you know what a hobby farm is. (laughs) It's basically the exact same thing I've got at my house. He and I basically live at the same place. He currently serves as the new business manager and social media coordinator for Hudson Pillar Insurance in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the other incomparable Mr. C.J. Pillar. How you doing, C.J.? Hey, I'm doing fantastic, guys. How's everybody today? Man, we are doing fan-supertastic and excited to have you on this program today. Hey, C.J., we're just going to start calling you C.J. Vaynerchuk. Is that okay? Oh, man. That's cool. Whatever you that, want to do. Does that work? <laughs> oh, we, we're filling some big... adopt me, I'm, I'm going to take it. Yeah, we're, we're filling some big shoes today, aren't we? CJ, t- tell me a little bit about it. I want to know, uh, first of all, I want you, I find your story to be extremely interesting. I want you to climb in the passenger seat of my DeLorean and go back in time to your high school graduation. You're walking across the stage to get your diploma. And afterwards, we go out and we fire down and we get our insurance license. Go ahead and go back in time and tell us a little bit about that and work your way up to today. Yeah, absolutely. So Hudson Pillar Insurance is actually a family-owned insurance agency. And we always joke and say that part of the prerequisite is immediately after you're able to get your insurance license, you have to. I was actually, my birthday is in June, so I didn't turn 18 until just a little bit after I graduated. Took all my pre-licensing stuff while I was still 17. As soon as I turned 18, um, we jumped in and I got my insurance license. I thought at the time that instead of doing insurance, I actually wanted to do auto body repair. Went to school for that for about a year and a half, and I realized pretty quickly it's much more fun to just pay to have that stuff done. 
than actually physically having to do the work yourself. Right. Uh, so I jumped into insurance and I've been doing it ever since. Man, that's awesome. So you started in really full time in 20, 2008. And when you got in there and, and started mixing it up in the agency, what was your preliminary? I mean, we're in 2019 now. So you started the same year that I started when you went full time. When you got in there and got after it, were you a producer when you started or did you start as a CSR? What what'd you do? So again, it's a family agency. My mom owns it. I don't know that she really actually wanted to hire me. The only position she had available at the time, I was a little wild when I was younger. Uh, the only uh, position she had available was a receptionist. So I actually started as a receptionist. I spent my entire days taking phone calls, you know, transferring them to our CSR and our producer, and then uh, doing like non-payment calls, which we don't even do anymore. But so I literally started as a receptionist and worked my way up. She allowed me to start tinkering since I was licensed. She let me play with uh, non-standard auto, which is everybody's favorite thing in the world to deal with. So I worked my way up through there and just grew from, from that point on. You know what? You know what the beautiful thing about that is? 10, 15, 20 years from now, when you take over that agency, one day you're going to walk by the receptionist desk. You're, what, what do I call it? The uh, director of first impressions. And she's going to start bitching about something. You're going to say, stop right there. When I started in this agency, I was a receptionist. Absolutely. I know exactly Absolutely. what you're talking about. I love that so, so much. So basically, you started from the ground floor and have now worked your way up. Do you still write insurance or are your days spent managing more of the, the agency itself and doing social media? So I, I do still write insurance, mm -hmm. mostly because I'm competitive to a fault. Okay. Um, and I don't like anyone on my team to outsell me. Right. Um, so, so I still do sell. I do a lot with Facebook Messenger and, and things at nighttime on that. Um, so I do still sell. Uh, and then I obviously manage a, a team of producers and do all our social. Gotcha. And so Bradley had touched on a story right before we got on this podcast and I said something about it and he said, hold on, don't tell the story. Wait till we get on the podcast. But it was something to do with a carrier. And I'm not sure exactly beyond that. Can you tell the story about the life bot you built? Sure. Uh, absolutely. So in 2017, uh, messenger bots uh, started coming onto the scene uh, pretty hot and heavy with Facebook. And at first I, I kind of thought that they were a little gimmicky, you know, when I started started getting in and tinkering with them. And then I finally realized that, you know, these could, could be a pretty powerful tool. Mm -hmm. Well, at the time, I wasn't aware of anybody doing anything with bots in the insurance space at all, other than, you know, some of your larger carriers. Um, from an agency standpoint, I wasn't aware of any. And we had a product with this particular carrier that was a guaranteed life insurance product. Mm -hmm. And I had the opportunity to go after an account that was somewhere around 2,000 employees, mm -hmm. right? Well, I, I didn't have the staff to handle something like that. So I built a bot that would essentially quote these people, these guaranteed life insurance policies, pre-fill their applications and have them be able to be submitted to me. Um, so I actually built out the, you know, it would go through the, you know, the tobacco questions and things like that. Now it was a guaranteed policy. So there wasn't as many underwriting questions, mm -hmm. um, but you would go through and then they would get their rate and they could go ahead and, and buy it. I got the idea from a food truck bot. That this guy was going on, and, and I saw it on YouTube, but he was going on online and using a Google Sheet to for people to send the bot his bot a message and find out where a particular food truck was on a given day. Mm -hmm. Well, I essentially did the same thing, just changed it out for with life insurance rates. So we had we got it all up and running. I turned it on. <laughs> it sold, you know, I think it was like ten thousand dollars in the first like week. 
And that was when I got a call from the insurance carrier and they were uh, less than thrilled and ended up, I had to go back and forth with them for a long time about it. You know, I was sitting in a networking group and I got a call from this company and I, I went ahead and took the call because I was expecting them. And it was the four different people with initials. It was the head of underwriting, the head of marketing, the head of whatever. And they were all very unhappy to, to speak with me about this. And they basically told me, long story short, that this wasn't really something that they felt fit their model. And uh, basically told me to, that they would void any further applications that I submitted using that tool. I mean, you're asking the same questions on that bot that you would have asked on their quote unquote formal letterhead application, correct? Of course. It actually yeah. went as far as filling out the application for them and then DocuSign it to them so they could sign. So um, and the reason they, I like that story so much is having worked for an insurance carrier directly, I can just feel that on a spiritual level. <laughs> like you get something that you've put together and I, I haven't built a, a bot like that. I haven't done anything like that, but like you have something that you've put together you, you put all this time into it, this run. energy into it. It's a freaking knock out of the ballpark, you know, two, three bases loaded, grand right. slam, walk off, and you're expecting them to call and be like, this is yeah, the greatest and, thing and I've and ever seen. And you get, you got to stop this right now. Yeah. Like, I can, yes. I can just feel that. Right. And so, and so what was their rationale behind the way you were doing it? They had two main issues with it. The first one being that they were worried because I wasn't face-to-face meeting with the client. Okay. And at the time, I'm like, guys, it's, it's 2017. That's, you know, okay. Right. All right. But that was part of their, their guidelines. And then the other part, which is the funnier part for me, was they were worried that the, the rates would get out. The rates that I was using uh, would somehow wind up in the hands of a competitor because they could access it easily. The reason that's hilarious is because the the rates that I was using came off of a brochure that they gave me to hand out places. Right, um, it's so a guaranteed issue was, app. I mean, yeah, yeah. So it was it was wild. But so, so anyway, let, I, uh, let me guess: are they doing it themselves now? <laughs> no, that well, as far as I'm aware, I, I don't know. They may move that way, but you know, for, for me, it was just one of those. I, I like Bradley said. I, I thought it was going to be a, a home run, uh-huh. and they kind of threw a roadblock in front of me, which. Uh, you know, we shifted back and forth, and it ended up. They finally ended up approving it, wow. but I wasn't allowed to have it send the app, and I wasn't allowed to have it submit or show them a rate, which defeated so the like, whole purpose. So this is essentially pointless. So, so yeah. tell Scott and all of the listeners what then happened with the bot. Yeah, so that particular bot ended up winning or not winning. I got second place in a, a contest that one of the uh, carry or the. Uh, big uh, chatbot platforms was hosting. I got second place there. And then from there, you know, I had to shut it down for a little while. Um, but then I got involved with a, uh, another insurance company that uh, not only would they allow me to, to use the bot, they were, they were essentially gave me full access, you know, so we were able to uh, not only uh, uh, upgrade it, but we were able to make it to where it wasn't just for guaranteed products. It could quote term, it could quote final expense, it could quote basically anything that you you need. Then Scott's looking at me across the podcast room. I'm over here convulsing. So th- there are so many things I can say about this that I can't think of the right thing to say. But like that is so indicative of the freaking insurance industry that's controlled by the carriers and freaking Ivans 
And like, like you built this amazing thing that worked tremendously. The carrier says, no, you can't do it. And it wins a freaking award for something outside of the insurance industry. Like, is that not right. representative of so many things? Am I wrong? No, it, it absolutely isn't. And just, you know, it was, it was frustrating uh, at the time. But again, it's one of those things that was just so, so slow in the insurance space to, to move on things that are technology based. It's just like we're scared. And I don't, I don't understand that mentality, but it seems like it's rampant. Well, and you see it with agents too, you know, like you and I are in several insurance groups on Facebook. We could post something about, let's just say a bot and some, somebody is going to comment, well, watch out for the liability risk on putting that out there. You know, like we're so like it, and I know that the industry by default is going to be more defensive than other industries because the industry, the product is all about defense. But like, I think too many people are too much on the defensive side and not, not as much so on the offensive side. Well, I mean, it, I've got some ads right now running, dude, that I, I guarantee you 90% of the people I know would be like, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Right. You know? Situation. Here's my issue with it is we're talking out of both sides of our mouth. You know, a, a turtle doesn't get on the top of a fence post, you know, on its own. Somebody set it up there. And you've got carriers selling insurance online on one hand and talking about all the, the new advancements in technology and we're moving forward and we're going to be progressive. And then on the other hand, when an agent does something like this, it's like we, we get our team of lawyers together getting ready to sue them. So it needs to be either either or. Either, either we're going to move forward and be progressive and all work together in a spirit of cooperation and move move the ball forward on making it easier for people to buy insurance. But it doesn't need to be this hypocritical thing where we as a carrier are going to do, do what we want to do our way. But it, God forbid y'all do anything on your side to violate your contract with the carrier or whatever thing they come up sure. with. Am I right about that or am I crazy? No, ab- absolutely. I, that was, you know, this particular carrier doesn't, doesn't sell online. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've always thought that's that's intriguing how, you know, we're not allowed to quote online, but they'll sell online. You know, so uh, it's just one of the things It's just part of the part of the industry that I think just hasn't evolved yet, in my opinion. Do you see a day, and, and I brought this up in our trilogy podcast that should be released here in the next month or so <laughs> with, with Facebook, but do you see a day where policies will be quoted and bound on through facebook i could see that happening um again everybody thinks like when we bring something like this up that it means that everybody's going to have to do it that way Mm -hmm. Um, i'm all about the user the client experience right Mm -hmm. if the client wants to do it that way i want to be able to provide them the option to do it that way right um but i mean i don't see why that i don't see anything that would hold them back from doing that Mm -hmm. at some point yeah let people buy the way they want to buy and if if they want to if they don't mind purchasing insurance that way which you know if you do it through messenger and they fill out the app and then docu sign it or whatever i, I don't don't see the difference between that and emailing it to them do, do you, you there, see? The, there is no difference and in my opinion you get a little more truthful information coming across facebook because it's not just an anonymous person behind an email address right. you know there's a profile associated with it and right. underwriters are I know for a fact there's some companies that encourage their underwriters to pull people's Facebook profiles up. Oh, dude. I know of a carrier right now that is they're super anal on auto in regards to distance to uh, to your job. If the agent or the client says they work one place that's five miles mm-hmm. from their job, 
they go to Facebook and verify that that's where they say they work. And if that Facebook profile says, I work somewhere else, they don't go by what the agent put down. They go by what's on Facebook. Right. Additionally to that, there's a company. I'm not sure the name of it, and I don't know that we've ever talked about this. There's a company, and I'll get the name of it if you guys want to know, that uh, you input people's the link to their social media profiles, and it runs a report and gives you a scale, very similar to insurance score, but it, it analyzes everything they've ever done, every click of every mouse on every social media profile they have, and gives you a, a scale of 1 to 10 on how likely they are to commit insurance fraud. There are companies that are using that in right. their in, actuarially in their rates and underwriting risk. Yeah. So, well, I think I think underwriters, commercial underwriters today are being trained regard doesn't matter what the company is, but every commercial underwriter, it's like step 1 of underwriting a commercial insurance policy is go to the company's website and look at oh, yeah. it to make sure that the information that's being presented in the application matches Yep. What their website does. I had a, uh, a commercial uh, risk that I was trying to quote about a month ago for a buddy of mine. And the company, they help fund, uh, let, me, let me word this correctly, they take disabled veterans or veterans mm-hmm. that have PTSD and help them and raise money so that those veterans can then go to uh, get hyperbaric treatments. Right. If anybody wants to help out that organization, reach out to me because I, I can hook you up with them. But um, that's all they do is they raise the money. Mm-hmm. Their website conveys that they're doing the treatments, uh, even though they're not. They're right, not. I know right, these people, right. but the un- like literally every under every they're like as long as their website says that we ain't touching we ain't it, touching, and if yeah. they change it, we're not going back to it. Right, right. So CJ, I want to talk a little bit today. I, th- I think the the vast majority of what I want to talk about is, and I'm I'm wildly interested in this. I mean, you and Bradley. And a lot of other people that I know in the industry have had a ton of success with Facebook Messenger bots. Of course, what you know, putting a, the bot on your on your website as well. T- talk to me a little bit about it. Here's my thing: 2019 is the year that Scott is going to give our agency force actionable steps to take to increase sales, to have a better agency out there. And I think Facebook bots are probably something I know for myself that I need to, to do a better job of. So talk to us a little bit about it and give the agency force out there a little bit of uh, help in terms of actionable steps they can take to create one. Sure, um, absolutely. So the, the first thing you know that you really have to understand is that a, a lot of people hear the word the word bot and they kind of freak out a little bit yeah. um it's kind of a it's kind of have a, has a stigma about it right. but the whole the and they, whole and they make commercials it, making fun of it oh yeah absolutely yeah you've got <laughs> Sorry, you know, everything but the, for me the bot is just an extension of having the ability to give my clients a better experience mm-hmm. okay and, and a, an example being you know i have over a hundred customers currently that their preferred method of contact is Facebook Messenger. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not texting, it's not email, it's Facebook Messenger. Right. And with those people, I'm able to provide a little bit better uh, experience for them. And I'll give you a quick example. Um, our bot is set up to where when somebody signs up with our company and they want to have Messenger as their their primary mode of contact, we have the ability to – we have all their information, obviously, zip codes and that kind of thing. When there is like a storm in their area, okay, where, like wherever they're at and there's a, a tornado of some kind or whatever, windstorm, the, the bot, we actually have the ability to send out a message to all these people at one time. Um, and we just literally ask them, hey, are you okay? Is everything okay at your house? 
you know, and we can do this minutes after, you know, the storm has gone past. So we're, they're getting a message from us. And then the cool part about that is we have it programmed in to where if they come back and they say, no, it's, it's not, I've got, you know, damage or whatever. We actually have it set up to where the bot will walk them through every piece of filing the claim. It'll start by saying, Hey, you need to contact a roofer. And then it gives them their, their policy number and all the dates and all the contact info. And then they press one button and they're connected with the claims department for their particular care. How does that work from a structural standpoint as far as like on the back end? Like, so, you know, you, you sign this customer up, I'm guessing at some point there's either an automation that asks the client what their preferred method of contact is, or you ask them, how does that work? And then how does it, how do you get from there to they're interacting with this bot? Of course. Yeah. The first, the first thing that we do is part of our entire process is I'm, I'm sure you guys have seen him on the podcast before Nick Barry over at rocket referrals. Um, we, the first thing we do is we have a system of, of emails that go out. Um, you know, when some, we have a new client come on board, right. one of those emails is asking them about their preferred contact method. Um, so it sends it out and it gives them all the options. And where, what I found is interesting is that, you know, you text phone, uh, nobody ever picks phone text. Is, is <laughs> they don't, the I do the same thing. thing. They don't. They never pick, you know, that they want you to call them. The next one is probably text, obviously. And then, you know, we've got we've got Messenger. And like I said, we have somewhere around 100 customers that that, that is their preferred contact method. So when they when they click, you know, hey, I want it on Messenger, what happens is, is it actually is the link is actually opening up a specific part of our bot that will that will confirm their account for them. So it'll go in and say, hey, can you firm, confirm your email address? Um, they get they input their email address, and this is all happening in Messenger. Um, me- Messenger then ta- or our bot then takes their last name and their email address and actually pings it against our management system and confirms that that person is a customer. What management um, system do you guys can, use? But we're using QQ Catalyst. Okay. Yeah. Um, so when when it pings that and it says, "Hey, yeah, this is the customer. Here's their policy information. Whatever," it pulls that back into the bot and it saves that information. So now behind the scenes, anytime I've got a customer, I have all their information saved within the bot itself. As far as I'm not talking personal info, I mean like their carrier, uh, when their policies were effective and what lines, right. um, that, that kind of stuff. So then it's just a matter of then I have them in there, then I can broadcast to them at any time. So, so what um, starts the, broadcast- the trigger? What, like, like carrier download comes in and it starts the onboarding campaign. Is that something that's automatic or do, is there a human element you know, in the office where you guys have to set that up for them? How, how, are you, how are you guys doing that? Because one thing I've struggled with is the, in, with the inconsistencies in carrier downloads um, is, as far as making that part automated. Yeah. So for us, it is all triggered off the carrier download. Um, The carrier download comes across, they get a, it triggers rocket referrals, which is really where we're driving this from. Um, Mm. It triggers rocket referrals. Rocket referrals is sending them a card and that, and we've got a custom, few custom emails set up within that sequence of events to where, you know, fire off a card, et cetera, et cetera. And within that, there is an email that fires off to them that. So the emails come from rocket referrals. Right, because Rocket Referrals has, I, I guess, a direct integration with QQ. Exactly. Oh, gotcha. Okay. See, see here, here, here's <laughs> the age-old problem that we have on the podcast. I know what's coming. Yeah, because I'm sitting here listening to two damn nerds talk about <laughs> Messenger and bots and QQ Catalyst and all this other stuff. Well, I got news flash for all of you. I represent 250,000 insurance agents, and guess what? We don't even know where to go 
to get a freaking bot to start all this shit. So let, let's go into that, CJ. Talk about I know because I know a lot of people um, who who use the bots are very fond of Manny Chat, um, and I know that's not your preferred method. And and I have tried to use Manny Chat as someone who is a little bit more techie than the average insurance agent. I actually. Almost pulled my hair out trying to figure out Manny Chat. Are you saying and Nanny Chat? Manny, M A N Y, like Manny Chats. Oh. And the program that you use, which is slipping my mind right now, looked a lot easier on uh, you and I did a demo with it one time. Um, so, talk a little bit about that and maybe take it from a beginner's level and then take us into some of the other cool bots that you have in your agency, like the onboarding thing. Sure. Um, so for me, like when I got, again, I got started messing with bots at ground zero. I mean, I tell people I'm, I'm an insurance agent first and foremost. Uh, I am not a, you know, professional bot builder by, by any means, uh, at all. But what, where I started, first of all, is yeah, you got to pick a platform and think of this no different than you're picking your management system or who's hosting your website or anything like that. This is along those same lines that there's a lot of different ones out there. Um, Two of the bigger ones, or I guess there's three really. You've got HubSpot is out there, um, ChatFuel, and ManyChat. And ChatFuel is the one that I personally use. Um, for me, it's all personal preference because all of them are priced similarly. Um, they all have a free version, so you don't actually have to pay anything. For me, when I got started, um, the first thing I did was I have this you know blank bot, and I want to attach it to my page. And I didn't know where to start. Like, you know, you don't just dive in and start, you know, life insurance and, and things like that. I got lucky in that I had some inspiration, uh, you know, and a reason to to really focus on that. But for me, where I started was I went and built out a quick little two uh, block long sequence that when somebody commented on one of my Facebook posts and said the word or the phrase, tell me a joke, my bot responded with a random joke. And I've got like five of the worst dad jokes that are on the internet. And I went on my Facebook page and I made a post and said, Hey, um, if you, we want to try this out, let me tell comment, tell me a joke and my bot's going to send you a message. And that's what I did. And people ate it up. Like it was, it was unbelievable. Like I started getting, you know, comments. We probably gained, you know, 25 or 30 users just from that one post. So what's happening is, is think of bots like you used to think of email marketing and that when someone starts messaging with your page, they become a subscriber. Okay. And at that point, you have the ability to broadcast to them just like you would broadcasting out to your email list, right? So instead of going to an inbox or their their in email inbox that they're never going to look at, most people read their Facebook messages so that the read rates are higher. Now, the there's some rules and regulations that Facebook is constantly changing on who you can broadcast to, who you can't, what for. The, essentially is this, is you can't send anything promotional outside of a basically 25-hour window uh, of the time that they sign up. However, you can send informational things. So, for instance, for me, when I'm broadcasting about a claim, that's not me being promotional. That's me being, you know, helpful. However, it turns around into, you know, helping me from from a business standpoint. So, for me, I, I started small. Like I just said, all right, I'm going to do this little thing here, and then um, I went on, you know, online and, and looked around. And YouTube is fantastic. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these videos that you can watch. Um, that literally walk you step by step on how these people are doing stuff. So from there, you know, you can just say, okay, I've got this joke thing. Now let's do, you know, this. And I'll give you an example of probably my most, what really 
drove home to me that that bots were not gimmicky because like i told you before my initial reaction was they were kind of gimmicky i had a post that i did we had a local fair okay we have a pretty big fair here in wilson county which is where i'm at in, in tennessee and it's uh essentially we'll get about half a million people to go to the fair uh, over you know a seven day period so what we did was we went on our facebook page and made a post the post said, um, hey, we're going to do a contest, and I forget what we were giving away, but we were giving away something. And comment on the post and b- with the guess of the total attendance at the fair, right? So I had all these guesses coming in, people guessing. But what I had it set up was the bot would send them a message right after it and say, hey, I saw that you commented on this post. Do you want to stay updated on all the things going on with our agency as well as this contest? And people would say yes or no. And if they said yes, they became a subscriber. Well. We had close to 400 people enter that contest. So out of the 400, I had almost 300 that subscribed to say, yeah, I want more information about this contest. So it's going on um, you know, through those seven days. And every day, the draw was we were broadcasting to those people, giving them the f- attendance from the day previous and giving them the opportunity to update their guests. So we're going through, fair ends, we draw our winner, the end. Well, at the end of the end of it, we say, hey, look, you know, we had uh, some gift cards laying around. There were 10 bucks, right? So like they're nothing. Uh, here in Tennessee, I can pay somebody up to $25 to, you know, to quote their insurance. So I've got 10 of these $10 gift cards sitting here. So I sent out a broadcast to everybody and I said, hey, to all the people that had entered, well, again, we had a couple hundred and we said, hey, if you, it, I'm sorry you didn't win, but if you will send us your deck page and I can't beat what you're paying currently, I will give you a $10 gift card. And as an and, independent agent, you know that like if you get that deck page, shoot, it's, yeah. it's yeah, ha- I mean, yeah. the only way it's not happening is if you don't want to write it. Right, exactly. So, so for me, so then we we broadcast out this message, and I, I'll never forget this number because it was Michael Jordan. I had twenty three sets of deck pages in less than ten minutes from that broadcast with people responding with with their deck pages, and that was the, when I went okay. There's something to this. Yeah. Uh, and so that's that's how I built it up. I just started one what, one piece of the time. And what was your close ratio on those twenty three? I think we I think we wrote somewhere around like half of them. And the ones that and the ones that we didn't write, I think we only were higher on maybe one or two. The, the ones we didn't write, they you know, we weren't saving them enough money or whatever. But the deal was is if I can beat your rate with equal coverage, if I can't, I'll give you a gift card. Well, I still beat their rate. They just, you know, for right. whatever reason, didn't want to change. It. So I still didn't have to give them a gift card. I did. So uh, I think it cost us twenty dollars or something like that. I did or thirty bucks. I did one time, and I don't think Scott knows this. Um, before Scott and I uh, were friends, I did a Facebook thing where I said, "I send me your deck page," and I said, "If I can't beat your rate, I will buy you dinner." There you go. And it went kind of local viral a little bit. What they didn't know is that they were going to be eating dinner with me. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, all right, guys. Let's talk about this coverage. You know what I mean? And I had, I think I had like two people uh, hit me up on it, and uh, one, I think we ended up, I ended up doing one of them. But, but anyway, I love that. And the thing is, you know, you mentioned gimmicky, but the thing is, like, one huge advantage we have in the insurance industry is, especially PNC, is everybody's got to buy it. So even if it takes a gimmick to get somebody's information, put them in your freaking drip campaign, figure out where their X date is. And just like those people you didn't write, CJ, I bet they're on a drip campaign and they get an email or a text message or a phone call from you every year at renewal, don't they? So like, 
Even <laughs> even if it is gimmicky, get that freaking contact information. Get that data. You if you stay on top of it, of it enough, you will have positive ROI on that. So I tell my people all the time when we get somebody's information like that, and we can put them into our CRM system and with their expiration date. Well, or hell, just their just their correct contact information, name, address, email, cell phone number. What we've just done is we have taken that person out of the Atlantic Ocean and put them in our little one-acre pond. Does that make sense? That's right. Absolutely. I I actually got through having that conversation with one of our new people last week. But So my understanding of bots is is non-existent, but what I thought a bot was was the little chat bot at the bottom of the screen on your Facebook page. Is that correct? Yeah, it's, it's Messenger. So uh, it yeah. lives within a mess- the messenger of a business Facebook page. Gotcha. So, CJ, talk a little bit about, you know, I know you have some some really cool bots that you guys are using in your agency uh, from a client experience standpoint and from a marketing standpoint. So talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, so for me, again, I use them in two ways. Okay. It's either enhancing the client experience or uh, we're using them with ads because I find them very effective on Facebook ads because they add a conversational uh, piece to something where it's not just somebody filling out a form. Um, so a couple, you know, that, that we've done, we had a carrier that was giving away um, these, these wedding signs. And I, I'll give you, this would be a perfect example. They, they were giving away uh, these wedding signs where you could go on, on their website, put in your information and they would send you a sign for your wedding. Well, I kind of hacked that system I like that. a little bit. Yeah. Right. And it was cool. Right. So I kind of hacked that system a little bit. And what I did was I inter- I generated the traffic. So what I did was I ran ads you know, to these people and then to people that were engaged, they would come through and they would fill out all of their information, right? So they, they would give me their name, the spouse's name, the, when they were getting married, the hashtag. That they, I got them to give me their wedding hashtag and uh, email and phone, right? So what I would do is and when these would come across, I would just take that info and go to that carrier system and just input it. Right. So that way they do actually physically get a sign. But in the meantime, I've got all of their information. And what's really cool is I actually took a, a blank piece of like a blank copy of what that sign looks like. I photoshopped out the names and everything that was on it and allowed them to actually see their sign within Messenger. So like it would generate an image of what it would look like with their names and everything on it. So we were able to convert uh, a lot of those and that campaign is is still running, but we were generating, you know, all this information for I think it was 47 cents a piece for the couples. Um, you know, using using this bot. So what it was able to do is we've got all these people. So now you can do, you know, obviously you've got their info, so you know if you want to call them, but we had their wedding date which is important because now I know like, Hey, they're getting married on this date. Right. So I'm not contacting them, you know, two weeks before their wedding, but after their wedding, I'm going to hit them up. Right. And then from there, we also got their wedding hashtag. So what we did was we went and took a picture of a blank picture of a sign and took a picture with our office staff with this blank sign. And what we'll do is we'll go in and Photoshop in a picture of that, that sign where it says like, Hey, happy wedding day. And we'll post it with their hashtag so that they'll see it. Um, so just stuff like that. Um, so that's from like a, from like an ad perspective. Right. Um, and then, you know, from a user experience, again, the, the claims thing is the, the biggest issue. Um, I'm currently, I, I've built it out. I don't have it perfected yet, so I don't have it completely active, um, but I've got it to where uh, a customer can 
uh, once they're verified within Messenger, they can just send our page a message and it'll say, hey, can you send me my insurance card? And it'll actually generate their insurance card and send it to them in Messenger basically instantly. Um, takes about eight seconds. Can you do that with um, QQ or? Yeah, I do that with QQ. So QQ is just supplying the information. And then basically it's a fill in, you know, it basically fills in the blank on a, on a cord form um, and it, and it returns it back. It's a pretty simple once you dive into the nuts and bolts Mm -hmm. of it. I love that. And you know, one thing that uh, on that note, you know, that we try to do, I try to tell my team is, you know, don't give the client the XYZ insurance carry insurance card, give it to them on our card generated by our management system, you know? Right. Well, you know, I think, Chat bots are obviously something that works. I mean, you've given two or three examples of, of when you've used them and they've worked. I, I can see that, that for giveaways and things like that, especially, they're fantastic. And I don't think they're going anywhere. I mean, the, Facebook's not going anywhere. Can you go to a ch- www.chatfuel.com? And I know that redirects you back to, Nate, to uh, Facebook to start working on your bot. But does that also, can you create a chat bot there for your website as well, or do those integrate? So, yeah, they have a plug in there that you can get that will integrate, that will live down in like the bottom right hand corner of your, your website. So, okay. yes, absolutely. Chat Fuel and MiniChat both offer that. Uh-huh. I think that HubSpot has, a, has the advantage here and that a lot of times the only problem with that is when a, a user's on there and they, they click it tries to o- it's opening facebook messenger because the bot lives in messenger right. whereas the one with hubspot from my understanding is is its own entity so you've got the problem being is that when you've got a user on your site and they click on the, the chat function it's kind of redirecting them away from your site into messenger uh-huh. which is fine as long as it converts right as long as they actually send the message whereas the one in hubspot keeps them in the website from my understanding and, and operates that way and bradley may know more about that particular one than i do and so what types of bots are you running i mean do you run a, a chat bot where people fill out a, a, a google form to get a home and auto quote of course yeah okay. so we run that um you know, any of your anything that you can do with a web form of any kind yeah, can be done can be done with the bot. Um, I think one of the places I've had the most success, you know, with bots from a from a you know filling out a form perspective, uh, and they they're changing up how they do this. But essentially, I would use them at shows. Okay, so for instance, if I've got a booth at you know X Y Z show. Um, there's actually a thing called a messenger scan code that is within Messenger. So sometimes you have to show people where it's at. But essentially, what you do is they take their phone and they open Messenger and they're able to scan that code. So the second they do, it would send them a message and says, "Hey, thank you for visiting. You know, our, the Hudson Pillar Insurance booth at such and such event. Uh, we hope you have a great time." I don't have to ask them for anything further than that because I've already got it. Um, I can reach out to them at any time, and if I want to get the rest of the stuff, I get some basic information about their profile, right. um, and then I also get all of like their messenger ID and thing like that, that allows me to run Facebook ads just to those users. So for instance, we do a, a very large boat show here in Nashville um, and we'll have people sign up, you know, they'll go through. And then after the boat show is over, um, we'll run ads just to those people thanking them for visiting our booth. And if, you know, if we can help them with a quote or whatever, click down here, they're already subscribed. So they click one time and it fires messenger, you know, fire opens the bot and it goes from there. Right. That's cool. Well, I, I think the actionable steps I, I wrote down, and they, they weren't a ton of them, but I don't think we need a ton of them, 
is number one, step number one, guys, pick a platform. It sounded to me like there's three pretty good platforms out there. The one that I that I put on my home screen on my phone and, and did a little bit of research while we were talking was Chat Fuel, but it sounds like HubSpot and what was the other one? Uh, Mini Chat. And Chat yeah. Fuel, I've looked at all three of them. Chat Fuel to me is uh, the most user friendly from a building standpoint. Uh, I think that Manny Chat is a lot more difficult mm-hmm. if you're a beginner. Wouldn't you agree with that, CJ? Absolutely. The thing Manny Chat that some people do like about it a lot is it's very visual. Like the builder is very visual. So you can see like all the things that you have going on. But with that, when you start building a, a, a larger bot, it gets almost overwhelmingly cluttered. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and, and I don't, I don't like that. So I like everything to be, you know, in linear fashion. <laughs> so well, that's, that's why I like chat. Yeah. And I think step three to the, to the 250,000 insurance agents that are listening to this step three is actually getting your, your hands dirty and getting in there and doing exactly what you did CJ, which is playing with this. Uh, learning more about it, going to, I, I guarantee you, you could go to YouTube and just type in how to use chat fuel and videos would start popping up with people on YouTube explaining how to use chat fuel, but just getting your hands dirty and getting in there and starting to play with it. I mean, the, the only thing that you can do with any of this technology, and I think we've talked about it in some previous podcasts today is you got to get in there and do it. And the more you do it, the better you are at it. And then after 10,000 hours of playing with it, you become an expert on it. Right. I mean, isn't that kind of where we are? Absolutely. And I have a great actual example of this. I have uh, one that I built for a few real estate agents. When I say a few, I have 120 real estate agents that use this particular bot that I built. Mm-hmm. Um, with it, there is a, a an element that where you can run a Facebook ad. The user, It basically converts what the person is paying in rent to what they would pay in mortgage and then turn, turns around and finds out how likely they are to buy. You can generate leads with that. Uh, I've done over a thousand that way for two dollars and I think it's two dollars and thirty seven cents was like our, my average price, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a great deal for them. I have over a hundred realtors using it, and of all of them, I have two that took the time to actually do it. Right. <laughs> wow. So, wow. Yeah. It's yeah. You're right. Get your hands dirty is a is a great way to put it. Yeah. Well, dude, I appreciate you being on the podcast. It's 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 time for. For us to call it a day, uh, CJ, how do people follow you? Any any social platform, CJ Hudson Pillar on all of them. I follow you. I watch your stuff all the time, and I don't ever say anything. I'm just that quiet guy in the corner, You're just watching. Follower. Yeah, I am. I am. I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm that. I'm that crazy ex girlfriend that just follows you and doesn't say a word. This doesn't say a word. Till it's time to strike. That's right, <laughs> Tiger. Ti- yeah, Tiger in the tall grass. Dude, I appreciate you being on the podcast today, man. It means a lot to us, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and close this thing out. Insurance agents from around the world, listen to me. Rewards come from action, not discussion. You want to start using chatbots? You want to start bringing in more business? You want to start running an ad campaign for the Tennessee-Georgia game or the Ohio State-Michigan game or UCLA-USC and give away two tickets? Use this chat bot and you'll get a bunch of folks willing to give you your deck pages. And that's just one example of a million examples that I just threw out there. They are a very useful tool, but like everything else in life, the more you do something, the better you will get at it. 
And the more you do of it, the more insurance quotes you will do off of these bots. So rewards come from action. Get out there and learn about it and do more of it. You need to get out from behind that desk today. Get your ass out from behind your desk after you've spent two hours on chatbots today and go out into the big bad world and sell insurance. Make money for your family, for your wife, for your kids, for your parents that are struggling. Write good business for the agencies that you represent and write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers. I love you. Thanks, man. Thanks, CJ. Guys, you have a great day. We love we love all of our listeners, and we'll be back next week with the next episode of the Insurance Guys Podcast. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys Podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys. Take care.